Our ears are now in excellent condition. Our ears are now in excellent condition. Hello, this is Ben Eshmaid and welcome to this King's Place podcast. From the 9th to the 10th of June, Poet in the City's Poetry and Lyrics Festival returns to King's Place with a range of inspiring performances, putting the relationship between music and poetry centre stage. This year's lineup includes PJ Harvey and Don Patterson, Murray Lachlan Young, as well as the celebrated vocalist Elaine Michener, who performs John Cage's iconic songbooks on the 10th of June. We speak to Elaine in a moment, but first let's hear from Poet in the City's Chief Executive, Isabel Colchester, for a sneak preview of what to expect from this year's festival. Isabel, what are the themes and ideas of the Poetry and Lyrics Festival at King's Place? We wanted to create a festival that made sense for Poet in the City to do. And I think where we thought we could really add value was in exploring this conversation with other art forms. But I think most importantly, it just seemed that there wasn't a festival here that was looking at poetry and lyrics in this way. There are loads of musicians who love poetry and who'll talk about it, but poetry's never brought to the forefront. You mentioned last year. What sort of thing did you learn or what did you want to build on from last year? In the first year, we wanted to do a really broad, sweeping introduction to the conversations. And I think when we'd initially started the festival, we thought that for each year we would go down a particular genre. But actually what was so exciting about last year was just the total eclecticism Mm. and also the fact that we were able to bring all these different tribes of people into King's Place So what's changed this year is that we've kept the eclecticism in the mix, but we're almost looking at specific conversations within those genres. So, Mm. for example, in the folk area, we're working with the Nest Collective um, and we've co-curated an event that looks at regional dialects and stories and histories. And we're doing that sort of very location based. So we're pairing people from Devon and Yorkshire, these sort of keepers of languages, these old, brilliant guys who know Mm. everything and have this sort of tribal knowledge. And then similarly, with the African Revolution, who are just this like amazing, amazing, massive band who look at storytelling and politics across the African diaspora and celebrate that across many, many different generations. It's sort of looking at how this story of poetry and lyrics has played out in quite specific places. Let's look at a few more concerts. I mean, the one that um, stood out to me, Don Patterson working with PJ Harvey. I mean, that's that's going to be pretty special. I agree. <laughs> so I, they've worked together for a long time, but and also are two of our country's most sort of celebrated poets, lyricists in their own right. But also Don was initially a musician before he became a poet. And then with PJ Harvey, um, she's she's recently started started writing although poetry has always been really important for her so I think looking at these sort of dual identities is is really interesting and and I think the fact that they have a friendship and that this is something that we're able to explore and to think about the craft. Alongside these uh, dual concerts where we have uh, conversations there are other ones where you are focusing on specific artists. Absolutely so one of the events that we're doing is with the amazing poet Kaio Chingonyi who is just about to release a new book, Kumakanda. Um, and Kaio is someone who is fantastic on the page, on the stage, as a sort of personality. Mm. He's He crosses into academic poetry circles. He crosses into spoken word and grime um, and is just a really amazing all-rounder. 
We'll have more from uh, Don Patterson. He's going to be uh, joining Tim Garland. Yeah, so we, we really wanted to make sure that the audience had a chance to hear Don the musician um, because it's it's less frequently seen these days than Don the poet and he is an amazing musician. And Tim Garland is a sort of internationally acclaimed jazz musician and saxophonist who, who Don has worked with again for many, many years. And so after the conversation with PJ Harvey and John Wilson, the audience will have a chance to go in and experience this sort of late night jazz duo, which will be quite a different side of Don. So we're, we're excited about that. We haven't talked about In the Dark Radio. That sounds like quite an interesting bending of genres, mixing of styles. They're an amazing, amazing organisation. And they create through their sort of different catalogues of audio files and ideas covering all different sorts of topics. They they sort of curate specific programmes that then you listen to in a darkened room. It's literally in the dark. And I've been to something that they've done before, looking at the idea of sort of stress and calm in the city. And it's just really fantastic how they take different voices from all over to, to tell a story. We haven't mentioned yet the grand finale where we have uh, poet Murray Lachlan Young. I think we wanted to end with a sort of celebration, again, questioning the, the relationship with the form and also sort of bringing together two fantastic um, lyricists and poets. And we've got Murray, who's an amazing sort of punk poet with mm. an incredible voice and also Six Music's poet in residence. And we've got the incredible legendary lyricist Don Black, author, if that's the right word, or writer of Diamonds Are Forever and Born Free, etc. And so Murray is, I think, incredibly excited to be able to have uh, the chance to, to ask him a lot of questions and to explore some of explore some of what goes on behind that sort of lyric writing and actually how you establish such important lyrics in the cultural imagination forever. Um, so that'll be good fun. And we'll have there'll be some performances and you'll be able to hear some some music and some interesting things and it'll just be a bit of a riotous ending, I think. Are you looking forward to the John Cage Songbooks concert? I mean, I mean, it's really going to stretch that relationship between words, music, theatre, and performance. I agree. <laughs> I, I think, I think it, I think it will stretch that relationship a lot. Primarily because no two performances of this work are ever the same. And also, I think there's poetry at the heart of the songbooks. Mm. But actually, we really are forced to think about the very limits of what a song is, mm. um, and and actually how you create space within those to find poetry is really important and I understand that's something that Elaine is going to be doing a lot of and can talk to you more about Lecture on nothing I am here and there is nothing to say The first thing was what to do with this range of ideas and instructions These songs are not songs as we know them They are texts there are instructions, there are numbers, there are actions. So it's all theatre, it's sung, there's electronics involved. There are lots of choices to be made. You can choose to do them or not. There are very direct things where he asks you to leave a room in one way and come back sometime later in another. You think, well, I've never been asked to do that before. What the hell? What, how, do, how do I do this? How do I make a decision and why am I making it? That's interesting, actually. You're kind of portraying it as a sort of conversation between you and John Cage, as sort <laughs> of like, you know, as if he was whispering in your ear. It was. He was whispering. I was cursing. I was cursing. I really, my neighbours thought I was mad. Why am I going to make these decisions? Which songs am I going to do in the time that I had? And so I had to allow myself take the chance and to throw the dice and to choose mm. accordingly. 
every decision made, there needs to be a reason behind it. And a decision to not do something, there needs to be a considered reason behind that. So I can then very actively go ahead with doing or not doing. I think as musicians, we're always filtering and we're coming with knowledge and we've, we've got technique and we've studied and we, we've analysed. And we've, but and then you do make decisions. But this, he was asking for something on a much more philosophical level and, and also, I guess, spiritual level. Am I right from what you're saying that there is not necessarily a right or wrong way to perform them? Is it about confidence? Very much so. I did listen to Kathy Barbarian because they were written for her and another vocalist. And over time, I guess that what has happened is there's a kind of performance practice that has been developed and that's become a historical performance practice method presenting the songbooks. And that can be helpful, but I don't think that's what Cage wanted. Mm. I think he really wants the artist to come at these songs with an honesty and openness, without any preconceived ideas of how they should be and to discover them anew mm. for themselves. There is poetry as soon as we realise that we possess nothing. Could we talk a little bit about the, the songbooks, the sort of maybe some of the reasons why and how he wrote them in the first place? OK, yes, the songbooks, I said they were really old, but they were published in 1970. And he wrote them for two vocalists and one who's well, well known to me, Kathy Barbarian, who was the wife of Luciano Berrio. And Cage heard Barbarian and was inspired by what she was able to do vocally. And she really changed the whole approach to performing contemporary music. And Simone Rist was the other vocalist. The problem with this was that he was asked, he was commissioned to, to write these songs. And so as part of his practice, um, he was Buddhist, he consulted the I Ching, which is the Chinese oracle book, to determine how many songs would go into each book. So there are two books. And 56, the numbers 56 and 34 were the responses. So this left him with the impossible and ridiculous task of writing 90 wow. new pieces for a solo singer in only three months. I mean, that's enough to send someone over the edge and um, being John Cage, he wasn't going to take the easy way out. He had to ask three questions and receive the answers by tossing coins and consulting the I Ching. New music, new listening, not an attempt to understand something that is being said, for if something were being said, the sounds would be given the shapes of words just an attention to the activity of sounds. There is a song which he asks you to have 10 different vocal styles. That he was playing into Cathy Barbarian's uh, experience and ability to work, singing four or five different languages and singing very different vocal styles. When I tackled that particular song last year, the text is there that you can use, but this vocal style is up to me. Mm. And so I went from everything from grime to R&B to reggae to classical to jazz 
to gospel country, you know, I just kind of dipped in. It was like turning a radio dial. And, and that's, that was really exciting for me. It's bloody hard. It demonstrates his, his famous claim that there is poetry as soon as we realise that we possess nothing. And it's that thing of stripping away. Because you can't control any of that. You really can't. You have to give yourself over to it. But by letting go, you gain so much. This is a good point to perhaps ask about the actual performance in regards okay. to the um, collaborators. I have drawn on people that I've worked with in the past. Some are more experienced performers than others. Start with Brenda Mayo, who is an artist. She studied dance at Laban. And I, I like Brenda very much because of her openness and mischievous kind of curiosity. As soon as I approached her about it, I said, yes, I'd love to do it. And so I've said, go away, choose five songs. I know that she has acquired a typewriter. And um, Matt Wright is a composer, a turntablist. He's a sound artist. I've worked with Matt on, on his projects in the past. We get on very well. And he is there to provide the soundscapes and to manipulate the sounds that people will hear. And he's going to be doing that live and it's all going to be very exciting, totally up for doing this. And he will also be choosing some songs. He's going to also take the ambient sound of what's going on. So audience, the audience will be part of that sound because they're going to be shuffling around. They're going to be rustling papers. They're going to be coffee. So we're picking up on everything. Dam Van Huyn's company. Dam is a, a Vietnamese-American. He was, I believe, the youngest member of the Merce Cunningham Company. And he has his own dance company now. When he worked with Merce, he met John Cage and worked with John as well. So I'm so lucky to have Dom as number one, a friend and collaborator, but also coming with that hands-on knowledge of the practice. So he has recruited two of his own dancers. He has his own very different practice, but they've never done anything like this before. I've worked with these dancers. I work in movement and dance myself. So it's just going to be this mashup of experience for the audience. And uh, I don't want to give too much away. Mm. In a concert, we're normally predominantly listening. Hearing you speaking, it seems to me there's an interesting sort of choice to be made as a as an audience member on, in regards to sort of maybe watching or listening or even feeling for the, the changes as they, they, they occur. Uh, yes, I think Cage is really asking us to experience. So I think audience members should just feel free to be, to experience and to respond instantaneously and to what they're experiencing or not. How do you see the relationship between the words, the actions and the music in these, in these books? I mean, is it art? It certainly tested my ideas, my preconceptions, and I'm glad for that experience. I'm really honoured to be able to present them again with different people and in a very different context. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It is art, yes. A work of art is nearly impossible. To consider the songbooks as a work of art is nearly impossible. Who would dare? Who would dare? It resembles a brothel, doesn't it? It resembles a brothel. 
Elaine Michener performs on Saturday the 10th of June at 6.30pm in King's Places Hall 2. The Poetry and Lyrics Festival itself runs from the 9th to the 10th of June. For more details, visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash poetry lyrics. You've been listening to a King's Place podcast. You can find and follow us on Twitter at King's Place and Facebook forward slash King's Place. Thanks for listening.